Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for finding me today at the intersection of faith and culture. Today's Mailbox Monday. It's the day of the week where I take your questions and we've got a lot of them. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys. Well, so I'm going to be reading some YouTube comments today and also some people who just sent in comments and, and they had comments on podcasts that have that have been done in the past several weeks or they had a question about something I said previously. I love to hear from you guys. If you want to reach out to me, the way to do that is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I really want to hear from you and I'm excited to to hear your feedback and to reply to it here on the show. Uh, We had a really great comment come in with regard to my interview with my friend Alex Kendrick talking about husbands who are struggling to lead their homes. And she had some advice. She said, as a wife who's been praying for those husband-led devotions for 12 years, here is some additional advice. Ask specifically for what you want. In other words, don't just give broad generalizations. Go to your husband with an idea. Uh, Go to him with something you've been praying about, thinking about that's specific so he doesn't feel overwhelmed. Two, invite him to participate when you have devotions with the kids. Sometimes hubby just needs you to set the stage. And three, be open to the Lord working on your heart as you pray for your husband. I love that. And it goes back to sort of the heart of marriage. And we've talked about this for years at the show. A lot of times when we come before the Lord in prayer, it's very easy for us. And it doesn't matter. I mean, we could be talking about a husband struggling with something that's going on with his wife or vice versa. The prayer always needs to be, Lord, show me, is there anything in my life that is making this situation harder than it needs to be? Is there something in my life that you want to root out of me, anything that's not pleasing to you? And that's always a really good place to start. And once you start there, I promise you, when the Lord gets a hold of your heart, a lot of times it just means he softens your heart toward the situation, um, helps you to have more patience with your husband or your children or your wife or whatever it is you're praying for, but always ask the Lord to keep your heart soft so that you can hear what he has to say also. I think that's great advice. So thank you so much for that comment, which came in on YouTube. Elizabeth in Alaska wrote, hi, Heidi, I'm so blessed that I got to hear you speak in Alaska. Well, thank you. I love that, Elizabeth. It was beautiful. We went out to Resurrection Bay and we got to see some gray whales and I think even a humpback whale. And, uh, oh, man, it was wonderful. I can't wait to go back. Anyway, she said, I have two questions. First, what do you say to parents who are in a public school homeschool program and can't see stepping away from that to be independent since they're using the special ed services and state dollars for tutoring? Second, along the same lines with taking state dollars, what do you say to the parent who sees the merits of saying no to government money but won't change to be independent because they don't see the pursuit of liberty as being a biblical issue. I know in my gut this doesn't seem right, but I don't know how to respond. All right, so let's talk about the first one first. So she's saying, you know, we've got a a public school program in Alaska, which by the way, Alaska has one of the best homeschool laws on the books in the entire nation. They're also either first or second in terms of population of homeschooling families. I think this is in large part due to the fact that the government has been giving them a stipend, and it's a pretty big one for a long time. Uh, I want to say the recent one that I heard was upwards of $3,500, even $4,000. 
So she's saying, you know, what do you say to someone who's using the public school for special ed services and state dollars for tutoring? So first of all, you know, I my heart goes out to you. All right. So I have uh, one of my sisters has their child in a public school special ed program. I really think it depends on how severe the learning difficulty is and what you have uh, access to where you live. My opinion on this is always that we steer as far clear of the state funding as possible when it comes to home education. So for example, I just told a woman the other day, she was thinking of enrolling her child in the public school so that she could access special needs curricula and special needs programs like occupational therapy and speech therapy. That seemed to me to be an appropriate use of that money in her life. And she's staying with her child. In other words, she's not just dropping that kid off so they can be propagandized because yes, your child, even with autism, your special needs child is gonna be victimized by the ideology that's pushing the schools right now. But I think you have to use discernment. So it's coming before the Lord and saying, Father, what do you want me to do? Again, you know, whether or not you take money from the state is not a sin issue, it's a discernment issue. And we need to be asking God for wisdom. There are very few mornings that I wake up that I don't ask God to help me from whatever is coming at me during the day. So we don't know what's going to be coming at us from one given moment to the next, but we do know that we need the wisdom of God to navigate the situations that come into our lives. This includes our children. It includes education. It includes the food that we buy so many problems we could avoid if we would just have wisdom in the first place and make a good decision. So I, my, uh, my kind of go-to, my default answer is always, boy, if you can in, avoid tangling yourself up with government money in any way as it relates to education, I would always advocate that you do that. But I also realize that there are some situations that it just isn't possible. And one of the things I really appreciate about Many of the women who have been in my life for a long, long time is some people have chosen to do different things. And guess what? We're still friends. We still get along. I'm going to continue to advocate that we not put our children in the public school whenever it's possible for the millions of reasons that I have outlined over and over here at the show. The second part of this question, I think, is really thought provoking. And it's important. It's an important conversation for us to have because we need to be able to talk about why we defend our freedom here in the in the United States and why it's important for us to preserve liberty and fight for our freedom. I always find it interesting when people say that we have no right because the pursuit of liberty wasn't a biblical issue. And there are lots of of ways you can sort of go about this. But at DesiringGod.com, I found a really great answer to this that really lines up with my own. And this is a little bit of what he said. He said, the United States of America is not the kingdom of God. Christians are citizens of a better country, a heavenly one, according to Hebrews eleven sixteen. You guys, the declaration of independent and its self-evident truths is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can agree on this. The socio-political freedoms that we enjoy don't set us free from the law of sin and death, according to Romans 8, verse 2. And if we sing, I'm proud to be an American while invoking God's blessing on the USA, we also need to remember that God says he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God doesn't like pride. And in view of some horrible national injustices and national disgraces, we have a cause right now in this country absolutely to be humble. But what we should do also is be deeply thankful to God for the freedom that we have here in the United States. 
Romans 13 verse 1 says that there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by him. And so even with its problems and sometimes with tragic defects, we should never be so critical or cynical of our government that we lose sight of the historically unprecedented freedoms that we enjoy, especially the freedoms that we have to worship according to our conscience. John Piper stated that he recently shared a lunch with a Christian leader who lives in a country that is among the most difficult and dangerous in the world to be a Christian. What our brothers and sisters endure there is heartbreaking. And yes, God has allowed this governing authority to exist too for purposes that we don't understand, just like he allowed Nero's oppressive and bloody regime when Paul wrote Romans 13. We need to pray for our Christian brothers and sisters in hard countries and ask God to grant them some of the freedoms that we enjoy and advocate for those freedoms wherever we can. So as we enter into the summer months and we start thinking about the Declaration of Independence and our uh, our the freedom that we have, there is absolutely nothing wrong with us pursuing liberty. It's the liberty that God has given us here in the United States that allows us the opportunity to share the gospel so freely. And I don't know about you guys, but I thank God for the miracle of a nation that holds dear the biblical values of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so we need to thank God for it, and we need to work to keep America's injustices and disgraces in view, that God has allowed us to live under a system of government that was designed to preserve and protect these inalienable rights. And we have an incredible opportunity right now because we've been given the the blessing of voting. We've got the opportunity to vote for things that are good, to preserve the liberty that we have. And so for someone to say, that uh, that they don't want to pers- they don't see the pursuit of liberty as being a biblical issue. Mm, I just don't think so. I think God gave us a free country, and we need to uh, work as hard as we can to maintain that freedom, or we're absolutely going to lose it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So to me, this is an important conversation to have. It's sort of akin when I hear people say this, I hear almost, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but I hear cowardice. I hear an excuse for not wanting to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. I hear someone saying, you know what? You do you. I'm just going to do me because after all, that's not in the Bible. Listen, the United States isn't mentioned in the Bible, right? I don't see the name of the United States anywhere in the Bible. Does that mean that we all just pretend that this is a country that we don't care about because it doesn't get a mention in the word of God? I don't think so. And so we want to pursue the things of God. And the truth is the freedom that God has given us, which frankly, we have squandered as both a nation and the children of God. We have been squandering this freedom and using it uh, to abuse the things that God has given us. And we're sure paying a steep price for it right now. But I don't believe that uh, someone saying that the pursuit of liberty is not in the Bible. And so, so therefore, we should not defend freedom, not talk about freedom, not get involved in politics. I think that's a lazy man's way of getting out of doing his part, uh, a lazy man's way, a Christian lazy man's way of engaging in something I would call duty. If you live in this country, if you're a citizen of this country, we need to be protecting the freedoms that we have. That includes the, the freedom 
to speak out against the injustices that are happening in this country and the injustices of things like abortion and racism. These are wrong things. God loves us all equally. We have the freedom to speak out about it in the United States right now, and I think we should protect that freedom. Next comment came in from another YouTube listener. Thanks, you guys, for watching this on YouTube. And it says, Christian German Christians fighting for the right to homeschool. You guys remember me talking about this. Well, Carol Davis said that they homeschooled their 12 children during the early part of the homeschool movement. Their youngest daughter is now 23. And we did several years of homeschooling our grandchildren with the help of a daughter. I appreciate all you do for the homeschool movement. Devin V said, American military homeschooling mom here in Germany. I'm so glad we can homeschool and praying I can get her through high school. Thanks for the information. Listen, you guys, when you see what's happening in other countries, when you see what's happening in France right now, where they're stripping people of the right to homeschool their children, it should send a shiver up your spine. It's the reason why I'm telling you, do not take government money. Freedom isn't free. Freedom is precious and it should be precious to us. I had the opportunity just a couple of days ago to meet with a sitting senator and he was asking me specifically about ESAs and wanting to help the homeschool community keep more of their tax dollars. And so I had the chance to say to him, I love the school choice bills that are coming through many of the state legislatures right now and eventually probably going to work their way up into Congress, even though they shouldn't because these are states' rights issues. But I will continue to advocate that the homeschool community not take advantage of government-funded programs for all the reasons that I've been telling you guys. With shekels come shackles. And the moment we start taking government funds for curriculum, for extracurricular activities, for things like piano lessons, I guarantee you the government will want something in return. And that something is going to be control over what you do or do not want to teach your kids. Pam in Arizona said, I just found out that my parents got another COVID booster. How do I respectfully challenge my parents with their thinking after finding out the jab has zero effectiveness? You know what, Pam? Here's the thing. I am sort of done trying to uh, give people who don't want to hear it information about this. I think that we have what is sort of a medical normalcy bias, and we've grown up with it. Certainly, that was the case in my generation. Uh, My dad got vaccinated, and I didn't want him to get vaccinated. There have been a few people in my immediate family that got the shot. But you know what? We do the very best we can. We say what we think is right, and then we leave the results to the Lord. I'm not going to allow you know, somebody got a COVID vax in my family or they didn't to interfere in my relationship with that person. Do I think it's unwise? Yes. Do I think that there are all kinds of problems with the vaccine? Absolutely. But if your parents already know how you feel, or if you have a child who's decided to get the shot and they already know how you feel, let it be. I think just let it be. Because eventually more and more studies are going to come out and they're coming out every single day that are showing that these shots are not good, that they were rushed to market and that it's not a necessary vaccination. And so um, if your parents ask, I would say, you know, share your heart with them, tell them what you think. But if they're not asking you, move on. That would be what I would do if it was my parents. Uh, Another anonymous in Texas would like resources for a first-time homeschool mom. You guys, I did a website a couple of years ago called learnathome.com. That's learnathome.com. We'll link back to it in the show notes today. And I've got videos in there. We're talking about learning styles. We're talking about how to um, start homeschooling, how to finish strong. So I hope you guys will check that out. Learnathome.com. Also, 
You know, I love to send you to my friends over at the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. They have information for all 50 states and wonderful, thought-provoking articles about homeschooling your kids all the way through high school. That's hslda.org. All right, Dukes and Daughters, a comment that came in off of YouTube said, we listened to you speak at the Creation Museum today, and I call you Heidi St. Strong. You're doing exactly what God wants you to do, strengthening us homeschool moms. Thank you. Hey, thank you for that. I really appreciate those comments. And you guys, thanks for watching this show on YouTube. We had an anonymous question come in from a listener in Arizona. She said, I have homeschooled with Christian curriculum for eight years now. My oldest daughter will be starting high school next year, and I'm feeling like she needs someone else to be accountable to. I've been researching Connections Academy, which is an online public school, as well as Freedom Project Academy, which is quite costly. We are busy with rodeo, ranching, and running our family business. However, I do not want to sacrifice a firm Christian foundation for the busyness. Boy, I love that you said that because I was starting to get worried. (laughs) Uh, What are your thoughts on exposure to more of the worldview slowly? I would be conducting a Bible study curriculum daily. Thank you for the help you provide families. All right. So I have a couple of thoughts on this. There are really, really great curriculum options out there for high school students that that come from a biblical worldview that are not expensive. So I I personally, um, I would say absolutely stay away from the public online academies. Uh, One, you're going to be giving them your information. That information is going to go into their database. You'll no longer be considered a homeschooler. You'll be considered part of a public school alternative program, which is going to include all the woke stupidity that is uh, that our public schools are drowning in right now. And also, I would look at several of the online academies that offer a la carte classes for homeschooled kids. So before you get just, you know, a whole hog into an entire online curriculum, I'd encourage you maybe just do one or two classes of an online curriculum. And the reason for that, well, several reasons. But one of my main beefs with these kinds of programs is I really do believe they take away from the joy of you being in relationship with your kids. I don't like it when uh, we sit our kids down in front of a computer screen all day long and everything they're doing for education is done online. I don't think it's good for them. I don't think it's healthy. Uh, And I frankly don't think you're going to get the results that you want. So I would be looking if it was me and I've been uh, I, you know, I've homeschooled six kids now all the way through high school. I'm always very interested in what's happening at my local homeschool cooperative. It was the reason that uh, we started the Homeschool Resource Center or one of them to really help parents whose kids were in high school. But check out some of the online a la carte courses from places like Apologia, who has wonderful science programs. Answers in Genesis has a really great Bible curriculum and apologetics curriculum out there. Uh, there, I mean, the Institute for Excellence in Writing, there are so many wonderful places that you can get help for your kids that you shouldn't need to take advantage of any kind of state-funded program. And I would steer you away from that. Uh, Heidi, what are your thoughts about homeschool co-ops accepting micro-grants such as this one? I've always been concerned about overreach of any kind from these organizations into homeschool organizations. And this came from Daniela in Pennsylvania. Honestly, Daniela, I can't see, it mustn't have come through the form. I can't actually see the microgrant you're referring to, but you did make a comment that it was approved by the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. 
and they would never steer you towards something that was going to be bad for your homeschool freedom in the long run. So I don't see any problem with it. Uh, The Homeschool Resource Center has applied for a pretty hefty grant from the Murdoch Foundation. Uh, The Murdoch Trust is a privately funded trust. There are lots and lots of funds available to parents and to homeschool cooperatives and to homeschool organizations that have nothing to do with government entities. And so that's always where I would start. I don't have any trouble with people who want to apply for grants. Obviously, we're doing that here at the Homeschool Resource Center. And so if it's been approved by HSLDA, I think you're probably in good hands. A next comment came from another person inquiring mind on rapid fire questions. One of the shows I did with my friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood, and she just wanted me to know I was going to love having chickens. You guys, listen, I'm pretty excited about my whole chicken extravaganza. In the 15 minutes that my husband and I had been home for the month of May, he actually went out and cleared part of our field and started burning uh, so that, you know, made a great big burn pile so that we can build a chicken coop and get chickens here pretty quick. So you guys keep me posted. I want to hear all your chicken things, all the chicken ideas. Uh, there was a really sweet homeschool mama who gave me a cute little gift when I was out on the road. And I really like it. It is a tea towel covered in, you guessed it, chickens. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Anonymous in California is frustrated because she's working for a company that hates her values. She said, Heidi, I work for one of the five big banks. It's good money and it's helping me work toward my husband's and my goal of saving for me to stay home when God blesses us with our first baby. However, I have been feeling increasingly uneasy about the politics of the bank, including ESG and DEI initiatives. What do you suggest for those in my position that work for companies that hate their values but need a paycheck to support their families? Well, you got to eat. So, and it might be that, you know, I have a really good friend who would say, maybe this is time for you to engage in guerrilla warfare. Maybe you're having conversations around the water cooler that are life-giving to the people that are around you. And maybe like Daniel living in Babylon, God's going to give you an opportunity to speak truth into the lives of the people that work there. This is kind of a, a cool story. So you guys know I'm on airplanes all the time and I am, uh, you know, I've been, I don't know, I got a million miles or something with one of the major airlines. And I was at the Delta counter the other day checking in for my flight and we, I just kind of shooting the breeze with the ticket agent because we had like 12 suitcases because I don't ship my products when I go with me. I bring them on an airplane. So we beat up our bags pretty good. It's frankly less expensive for me to bring all of my books and merchandise when I fly than it is to ship it in this really weird upside down economy. So that's what I do. And as I'm sitting there, you know, the ticket agent was like, whoa, what's up with all these bags? And they're really heavy. And so I was explaining that I speak for a living. Well, then, you know, what do you speak on? And I just was really bold. I said, I'm out there trying to wake up people to uh, the truth of God's word. I said, I'm really talking to a sleeping church. You know, I said, uh, I said, 
I'm speaking out against, frankly, things that your airline is promoting. I mean, Delta is one of the worst, you guys. <laughs> I mean, seriously, go down the jetway and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And this person, this ticket agent, looked right at me and he said, you know, working for Delta is one of the hardest things that he does right now because their agenda is so wicked. And I started hearing about some of the stuff that was going on in the break room at Delta and some of the things that they're pushing. So for example, I guess an initiative just went through that airline where now you can put your pronouns on your name tag. (laughs) Yes, you can't make this stuff up. But the cool thing was that he was saying, listen, I don't like it. And so there are lots of people working for these woke companies that don't like it. Another thing that you could try is just asking the Lord to give you another job. So maybe start applying for work at a company that doesn't hate your values. But in the meantime, I think be salt and light. That's what God calls us to do. And it sounds to me like you're in a really good position to do it. All right, I'm going to try to get through uh, just a couple of more. So hang in there with me, you guys. Uh, Kara in New Hampshire says spelling seems to be a dying school subject because of technology. I homeschool my nine children. And I'm wondering what your favorite spelling curriculums are. All right. I have kind of a weird view on teaching kids spelling. So we did spelling curriculum with our kids for, I don't know, quite a while. And I had an auditory, a couple of auditory learners and some visual learners and really different learning styles of kids in my home. And I am, not to brag, but a very good speller. And you know what, you guys? It's not because I'm smart. It's because I'm a visual learner. And I can, uh, I'll look at a word and if it doesn't look right to me when I've written it out, I'm going to write it again until it does look right. Well, you know, oftentimes I will remember I before E except after C and things like that. But more often than not, the reason that I have had an easy time spelling is because I see the, I can see the word and when it doesn't look right, uh, then I know it's spelled wrong. My auditory learners had a much more difficult time with spelling. And so I kind of, with spelling, I just feel like you either have it or you don't. You're either going to be a good speller or you're probably going to struggle with your whole life. And so in that regard, I'm not a huge fan of these hardcore spelling curriculums. I used a program with all of my kids called Spelling Power. I really, really liked it when I did it. But when I realized, oh my word, here's my my visual learner who didn't need a spelling curriculum at all. She just needed to do a lot of reading And that reading is what really helped her become an excellent speller. My auditory learners actually did pretty good with spelling power. So if you've got a kid who's struggling with spelling, very likely, I mean, uh, ask them, sort of find out, see how they, they learn and process information. But my hunch is they're probably an auditory learner or a kinesthetic learner. If you have a visual learner, someone who processes things through what they see visually, chances are pretty good that that student is going to be a good speller as well. Last question comes from Allie in Alabama. She said, you were saying how June is just awful, and I agree. I dread it every year. Last year, though, I did something different. I tried to catch most of the emails about Pride Month and do two things. I would unsubscribe, and then I would contact them. I thanked them for saving me money since I no longer needed to spend my money there. And I let them know that the values they portrayed did not align with mine and I would seek other places to shop. When you mentioned Christian books selling the woke book, I contacted them. Within a short period of time, I heard back from them and they stated they had already pulled the book down. Can we do this for a lot of the companies that send out the June propaganda? Absolutely. I don't know if you guys saw the latest ad that came out from Ford 
<laughs> you can't. You guys, I mean, seriously, uh, it's starting to get laughable, right? So, so now my I have to have a gay truck commercial. I mean, it's is sort of funny, but I absolutely agree with you, Allie. Send these companies emails. Let them know. Take the time to say that you are going to be taking your money elsewhere and you're going to be putting where your values are. The the truth of the matter is, you guys, a lot of these companies, I would probably continue to shop at Target if they weren't shoving their woke agenda down everybody's throat and putting all of their, their gay pride stuff in the entrance of their stores and making sure we knew that their bathrooms were open to non-gender conforming persons. Uh, if they would just, you know, sell milk, for example, or just sell vitamins or whatever it is they want to do. I mean, Penzi's Spices committed uh, business suicide several years ago when they told all the Trump supporters to stop shopping at their spice racks. And I was like, okay, you know, I mean, I was like, I'm the girl who loves, I love cooking. Little fun fact about me. I love cooking. I love baking sourdough. I love being in my kitchen. I love home homemaking. I love all the things home. And I loved, past tense, Penzi Spices until the owner of the store sent out an email to all of their uh, customers in the middle of the 2016 election cycle and said, if you voted for Donald Trump, we don't want your business anymore. It was shocking to me that someone would commit business suicide this way, (laughs) but we see it happening. And so if they're willing to do that, then what they're saying to you is, we don't care if we have your business or not. We're willing to put our business on the line to, uh, to let you know that we support this agenda. They know that it alienates a lot of people. And if, they, if they're if uh, they bold enough to do that, I think we need to be bold enough to take them up on it and stop shopping at their stores. All right, you guys, that's all I have time for today. If you would like to reach out to me, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me at Mailbox Monday. So just go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. And if you've subscribed to Happy Hour, I got a couple more questions and we'll be right back. If you haven't subscribed to Happy Hour yet, I want to encourage you to do it. Hop on over to Spotify and click on the subscribe tab. And that's where you'll get a little bit of extra content from me every day, a couple more listener questions, and just a few more minutes every day. And also your subscriptions are really helping us keep this show on the air five days a week. We want to hear from you. I'd love to hear your show ideas, your feedback, uh, even when you're upset with me. I love to hear it. HeidiStJohn.com, Mailbox Monday is the way to do it. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. I hope you guys have a fantastic day and I hope to see you in Florida this weekend at the Florida Parent Educators Association. That's FPEA in Orlando. I'll be kicking things off for you guys on Thursday night and I cannot wait to see you. Thanks for listening and I'll see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.